0: Hey Genevieve. Yeah. Are you ready to adult today?
1: Oh man, I think so. <laughs> okay, good.
0: We're recording our fifteenth episode, and somebody mentioned that it's our epi- or our podcast's quinceañera, which made me start to think. In our culture, we don't have really any coming-of-age traditions. So I thought no. this would be a perfect opportunity to, to talk about that and what it means for us as budding adults. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today I am joined... Um, of course, my name is Sonia. I am your host today, and I'm joined by my um, guest host, Genevieve. Hi. Hi. Um, Backed by popular demand...
1: I thought it was so funny when you said that I I thought oh god who could be clamoring for another episode of that torture (laughs) it was amazing it was
0: it was amazing chaos and we all appreciated it so um, before we get started please take a moment to comment share like or subscribe so Genevieve yes tell me about your coming of age story
1: Oh, wow. Well, uh, I I don't have a Hispanic family background, uh, so quinceañeras were not part of my personal experience. Uh, I remember going to Texas as a young kid, though, to uh, um, see my family friend's new home in East Texas, and we did go to a quinceañera. I can remember being really overwhelmed with the experience and the emotion that was a part of that. And of course, the attire. I am sure we all know, I think when you hear the word quinceañera, one of the first things that comes to mind are just the dresses that are involved in those things. Yeah. Um, but I can remember it being really special. And, you know, as you kind of told me and prepared me that this coming of age rituals would be our topic. It dawned on me that I, I don't know that I really had any of those. So it's funny that you say we as a, a white society, a white culture, especially as diluted as some of us are, of course, I have a large chunk of mm-hmm. Slavic bloodline, but none of the traditions were ever passed down. And I couldn't tell you with any distinct memory, uh, any part of that being um, my childhood. So it is funny that you say that uh we don't necessarily have rituals because I think that's true, other than our cliche, you must, you know, get your driver's license at sixteen and you must black out drunk on your twenty first birthday. Oh yeah. Sure, Amazing. Sure um Amazing. I don't know that we have very many traditions. <laughs> no, I
0: agree, which is why I thought this would be a really interesting subject, uh, because I am raising two two children, teenagers. Mm-hmm budding adults. And, um, yes. you know, I've watched them struggle through this, this idea that are they adults? Are they, mm-hmm. I mean, my, my daughter, for example, wants to be, is an adult. She's a functioning adult. <laughs> um, yeah. but she's still waiting around for adults to tell her what to do. She's still really unsure of her own power and voice. Right. And, I keep telling her, like, this is it. You're you're good. Go ahead. Fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and she's still sort of like, well, I'm only 19 or I'm only, you know, I'm just a freshman in college. And it's like, well, at what point are we considered free adults? Like, at what point do other people start looking up to us as the people who have the answers? I don't know. Because yeah. I'm about to f- turn 42 and I, I still am looking at the adults in my life for guidance. So yeah, I do yeah. really know what that means. And
1: on, you know, and it's an unfortunate, um, and this may kind of be another stem off of the answer to this question, but you know, thinking to my adults in my life um, and looking to them for advice, I don't know that that's necessarily my situation. So how, at what point do I consider myself an adult when I don't even know that the adults in my life are adulting all that well, right? Like we, are we, we are questioning, um, really what is an adult, I guess, is the core of this question and the topic of what makes you successful and what defines you as an adult? At, At what point are you finally on your own and, and making what you would deem a successful lifestyle?
0: Right. Which is also the whole reason why I started this podcast. Yeah. This is like a full circle thing. We could end on this episode and it would be completely full circle. Although I don't know that any questions have been answered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I personally um, would love a quinceañera. I think that that is the perfect, perfect party. It's the most ideal. It's a wedding without a groom. Yeah. And I think that... For me at least, when, when I used to fantasize about my wedding, there wasn't a groom involved. It was just well, yeah. really all that about... was like
1: the last thought, right?
0: Yeah, I was like, Oh yeah, I'll invite him later.
1: Yeah. I guess he'll be there too or
0: whatever. <laughs> right. And Sunietta, of course, doesn't have any of that. It's just about you. Yeah. And you get to you get to, to, to move on from that celebration as an adult or as a as a Functioning person, I guess i 'm not really sure, but right. anyway, I think that um in my next life, I definitely want to be um, Hispanic in some way. I love the culture, I love the food, and yeah. of course i want I want a party where I wear a crown and a gigantic dress
1: well, I mean, we can make that happen uh if you want to <laughs> we
0: could. it would It would be a little weird, but I mean, okay. I guess we could.
1: Yeah well and I you know weird is kind of a, a relative term who's to say that um you know outside of the hispanic tradition somebody look outside looking in that could be deemed as kind of weird. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not entirely well-versed on the, on the subject. Um, so I apologize to anyone that I offend in the way of trying to explore my own understanding of this. But, you know, a lot of those coming-of-age moments and rituals are, are heavily embedded in religion and by proxy kind of a way of saying, yes, you're ready to procreate with another adult. You know, you, you, here you are, you're of age where you should be reproducing and we're priming you now to do such things. In addition to you will now be held accountable for your own actions, right? That, Isn't that a mitzvah?
0: Yeah, that's, bat, that's so scary. Yeah. Like that, that subject. Okay. I've already been married. I've already had children. I've already done all that. I'm going yeah. into the crone stage of my life. And that's what you just said terrifies me. And I've already done it.
1: Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's that's maybe I'm just not ready to adult. I mean, when you were talking about that, I think the first thing that popped into my head as far as um, white culture or American culture Mm -hmm. uh, was um, oh, what are they called? Debutantes? Yes. Which, of course, does not exist in my universe. At all. No,
1: nor does mine. I guess I'm getting much closer to it now that I'm in Virginia. It does seem right. like it's... <laughs> right.
0: And then, of course, the feminist in me sort of gets all a little bit crazy when I hear, mm-hmm. you know, we're presenting you to the world as somebody who um, is... Is a viable mate. Is a viable mate. You can go reproduce yeah. now and, and take your place as a, as a mm-hmm. vessel. Exactly. I, um, okay, so maybe I don't want the 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 debutante situation.
1: Yeah. Maybe I just I mean, want so, the crown
0: and the big dress and the party there all There we go. Me. Now we're
1: talking. <laughs> and see, that's why I'm saying we can make that happen. Okay,
0: <laughs> that would be so fun. I think it would be I, more it would fun be a at ton 15. Of fun. What? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it would be a ton of fun.
0: Oh yeah, it would be more fun at 15 than 42.
1: Well, I don't
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I think we also have the um, sweet sixteen, but of course these are all for women. What about our boys?
1: These are all for women, and you know if we kind of examine the thought process we were just on of how these coming of age rituals and other cultures really signify a moment in time where you're now you know perceived as ready for the next stage of your life. Sweet 16 and turning 21, none of those things, albeit rooted in tradition, so I guess you could deem it a ritual, certainly does not have the same, um, you know, presence and symbolism that quinceañeras do and bat mitzvahs do, and um, we're just kind of saying, yeah, okay, you're legally allowed to drive, so get behind a dangerous vehicle. Yeah. You're legally allowed to drink. So do it to excess until you hopefully don't want to do it as much after that point. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When I was studying anthropology in college, uh, we, I took a class on essentially ritual traditions. It it actually still exists to this day. I think it's called something Mm -hmm. like witchcraft and magic and witchcraft or something like that. And it's an anthropology class that everybody wants to take because it sounds Mm -hmm. like Harry Potter, right? Which of course, it's it's not, it's not not at all. Uh, (laughs) It's very quickly disappointing if you're, especially if you're not an anthropology major, but um, in that class was the first time that I realized that um, American modern Americans do not have rituals really at all. I mean, we don't have ritual around food, uh, we mm-hmm. don't have ritual around coming of age. We don't have rituals around really anything. We just sort yeah. of do things as quickly, as efficiently as possible. Just sort of jamming as much into our day as humanly possible. You, know you know what our tradition is, I think? Mm. As, as middle class Americans, which is the only people I can speak for because it's, it's my tribe. Yeah. Um middle-class Americans I believe have this idea that they're only they only have self-worth if they have either produced something or they have accomplished something. And so the idea of just sitting around and relaxing or um you know, not not producing something is just wrong in our society. Yeah. Right? And so uh, I don't know how I got off onto that tangent other than this has been so clear to me during shelter in place that we're right, so... Right, when you're
1: deprived of that ability to yeah. so to where, do that and engage in that.
0: Right. Where do I fit into this culture if I can't produce something or accomplish yeah. something? Um, but other than that, I really don't feel like we have any traditions or rituals. Even, even our holidays, for the most part, are not backed up by anything. Um, yeah. Ritualism. And you know, you kind
1: of. Well, I wonder. I don't know if if other people do, but I um, I have been very open with you, and um, I don't remember if I touched on it last time, but I'm certainly not a a religious individual. I was raised, you know, in a Christian household, but I've quickly kind of come to my own reality and and found the the spirituality that aligns best with me and my lifestyle, and. Um, so I say that going into my next comments of maybe these lack of rituals are because of our separation from religion, um, and not even necessarily religion. I would just say spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, we're so quick to kind of say, well, that can't be a part of it. Um, you know, that's, we don't want to offend anyone else or, you know, we don't want to disclude or include or whatever the case may be. Um, and i I think of that um only now that I have been in my program for occupational therapy and and one of the just blatantly contrasting ideologies from American occupational therapy to the Canadian occupational therapy model is that the Canadians put spirituality at the center and the core of their entire practice and argue that that is the most important identifying quality of an individual. And that's not to say religion. That's just to say how you find meaning in life. That's how they define spirituality Um, So I do wonder that if our, maybe our white culture and here in this white society, middle class, especially because, you know, it's been kind of uh, blanketed by this income driven lifestyle. I wonder if we've, we've just separated ourselves too far from that, what we find meaningful in life, right? Absolutely. Which is also a bit triggering
0: for me because like you, i do not subscribe to a specific religion. I believe that uh, I'm a spiritual person and I do practice spirituality and I have a, a relationship with God but as far as being a religious person, I'm absolutely not. And so religious traditions are not something that I partake in. Um, so I guess the, the conclusion here, not that we're ending right now, but just the the, the idea that we're coming to is that most of these traditions stem from some sort of religious or spiritual belief and yeah. if you're not in touch with that or you don't have that within your culture then you're not going to have these coming of age rituals and what does that mean for our kids
1: i yeah i believe and how do we how do we substitute that and should we is it something that's required of them to feel like they have stepped into that next chapter of their life. Transitions are a very, Mm -hmm. you know, interesting and intricate interwoven thing. There's lots of transitions in your life where you get catapult from one stage to the next. And then there are others where it's almost like a a weird trickle effect right like you're still partially in that in the past uh mindset you're kind of in the future sometimes it's you know because of external forces and you're not really ready to transition mm-hmm. um but you're you're being forced to anyway yeah um,
0: so yeah i think it's it, i think it's one of the biggest things that we're missing in our society and i think it's mm-hmm. absolutely necessary that Kids or the people go through some sort of coming of age ritual um, in order to just break away from that stage in their life. Like you were saying, there's all these stages, and we we're missing we're so stuck in the childhood stage that we're missing the adult mm-hmm. stage and and the crone stage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. like there's the 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 child, there's the parent and then there's the elder. And Mm -hmm. we're so scared of the elder. We're so desperate to to hold on to the youth that we've sort of, we've missed that whole part of, um, of transition. And it's, it's hard to speak about this as far as men are concerned, because I'm not a man and I don't know what kind of transitions they go through, but as a woman who has had children and has gone through menopause Prematurely, but still, nevertheless, have gone through it. Um, you know, it's it's weird for me to sit here at 42 years old and think, I'm done having children. Like, I can't physically do it anymore. I'm, yeah. I'm done with that whole... I'm done with two parts of my life, and now I'm into the elder part. Although, I feel a little too young to be an elder, but I mean, mm-hmm. I've already done all of these things that would make me an elder. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: Experientially speaking, you, you're you at that stage. of. I'm
0: at that stage, but I'm still sitting here thinking when I grow up, I'm going to dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> you know, it's so, it's, it's bizarre. And I guess at, in this modern time, <laughs> modern it's also important to maybe redefine what that means.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you just kind of opened up a Pandora's box, so to say, um, by bringing that up. But, you know, while you're talking, and while we're discussing this topic, I I can't help but to circle back to that idea of um, these coming of age rituals being a sign to the rest of society that you're ready to progress, you know, albeit as an adult, but really to couple up to procreate to be judged you know as an individual um and now that our entire culture has shifted as much as it has where you know children aren't necessarily getting married off and leaving the home right away and we've really encouraged and pushed college which in most situations, you know, 18 to 25 year olds without a job going to college full time are not in a position to live independently and be an adult on that type of adulting level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you never get married because that's not something that is uh, in your lifestyle or aligns with your viewpoints or something that you just don't desire to be fulfilled then where does that put you if society has always defined adulting as partnering up settling down and being financially stable then where do you fall in that spectrum right yeah well
0: i i think that um I think this is a lot heavier of a topic than I anticipated it being.
1: (laughs) That may be my fault. You know, you caught me at like a really weird uh, shelter in place state of mind. (laughs) We've
0: been thinking way too much. We need to go back to work. Way too much. Yeah. Like like we all know, I have two kids. And um, it's been interesting to watch them go through these different stages in their life. And because there aren't any specific coming of age moments... It's just been sort of an organic go of it. it yeah. It's just been sort of like, oh, now he, my son's doing this. And this is when he's claiming his independence. And this is when he's fighting with his dad. You know, And, and it, right. I remember at one point I, I thought to myself, he's going to start fighting with his dad around 16, 17 because all kids do. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I never mentioned it, but he turned 16 and he started to butt heads with his father. Yeah. And it was like this moment where there's nothing wrong with either one of them and they have a strong relationship, but it's just this breaking away moment. You know, like I'm a man. I, Absolutely. You don't, you don't have to tell me what to do anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. I have my own ideas. Yeah. I have my own
0: viewpoints and how right? I want to be treated. Yeah. And it's very bizarre to watch because of course my son and I have a very different dynamic. And so I I can step back and watch this happen and think, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) That's an interesting fight. (laughs) My daughter and I haven't done this yet. I keep waiting for it because I know it's going to happen. Um, But she's 19 and we're still, we still haven't had the big blowout. Right. You know, I'm my own person, leave me alone. It might be because I've been trying to kick her out of the nest. (sighs) for a long time and she's she's rightfully still here i mean she's it's yeah. not that she's um not able to handle her life but especially with shelter in place she moved home early and you know the the colleges are closed and whatnot so she's back home but yeah anyway i digress yeah,
1: very interesting very interesting to watch and i of course don't have children so i, I can't personally touch on the experience, but. Um, if I watched my own progression as, you know, coming an adult, I guess we'll, we'll just call it that. Cause I'm with you and I still have those when I grow up phases, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think one of the biggest shifts that I had, and I actually had it fairly recently, um, you know, I'll just kind of on a side note, in the midst of this sheltering in place, um, we all go through our own kind of mental health ups and downs. But uh, the importance of seeking out resources is just, I can't even communicate how important that is. And a couple of years ago, I ended up finding a, finding a therapist that really worked with me. We just clicked. Um, and I don't know, you know, how much therapy or counseling you've sought in the past, but just like any relationship and friendship and having someone in your life, it kind of takes a lot of filtering, you know, Mm -hmm. you you don't always meet your best therapist right away. Um, But I did a couple of years ago. And if I were to kind of evaluate that pivotal moment in my life where I felt closer to what I would consider adulting it was when he really allowed me to start sitting with my own emotions and being the evaluator of my own behavior. Yes. Um, You know, you, you kind of touched on the fact that your children are always coming back to you saying, well, what should I do? Or should I have done it differently? Or how did that go? Did I do it right? That sort of thing. I feel like that, that shift where you can do that Intrinsically and in do self assessments is kind of that moment when you're that much closer to at least what I would define as adulthood. And that for me was, you know, about two years ago.
0: I absolutely love that. I love that you just put that into words so clearly because I feel like that's absolutely accurate. And I'm at a place in my life right now where I feel more like an adult than I ever have before. Mm -hmm. And it's because. I'm not going to other people for validation as much as I have in the past. Absolutely. Yes. And of course, and I'm sorry to continue to go back to shelter in place and COVID-19, but it is sort of the running. It is a,
1: yes. It's a central, you know, it's, it's concern. Same, of it's our... a thing in our lives
0: right now. Yeah. And we have all these tapes in our head from the past, right? Mm-hmm. And the tape in my head that was that I clung on to was that I was irresponsible, that I was bad with money and that you know, I, I just I, I wasn't capable of adulting. And when this whole COVID nineteen started taking place and we heard that China was shut down, mm-hmm. I immediately thought of our trade routes and got sort of propelled into this survival moment where I knew I had I was going to have two kids to take care of and two dogs and I needed to figure out how to stockpile whatever it was that I needed because I didn't know how long this was going to be. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and it wasn't just you, you had your dependents, like you just said. Was, right. And I yeah. just sort
0: of went into this automatic calculation of how much dog food do I need for three months? How much mm-hmm. canned food do I need for three months? How much money do I need for three months? And uh, I got it all together and here we are three months later, we're getting hopefully towards the end of this. And I just went out and bought dog food for the first time. And I remember last night I went to the, the store and I bought it and I thought, oh my God, I, I had this plan, which I put into place and it worked. Yeah. I am good with money. I am good with taking care of my children. I am good at adulting and it was mm-hmm. i'm like standing in the grocery store having this light bulb moment like holy shit i've arrived
1: <laughs> yes and it no and it, it it's it's so kind of comical but so very true um you know of course we don't hope this type of pandemic or another global catastrophe on our children the way that it has happened upon us or even them at the, their stage of their life but ideally not another one later Um, But, you know, we talk in in school all the time about development and the different developmental stages that kids go through and how important it is to let your children fall. And I know that's so scary as a parent, but when they're toddlers and they're learning to walk. Um, following is, is a really, really key component in laying the foundation of the developmental stages in knowing their parameters and understanding what gravity is and that there are certain laws in the universe yes. that we kind of abide by and, and where you are physically in space. And, and I say that hopefully with, you know, listeners being able to transcend that past the physical aspect, but also in their own kind of spirituality and mentation that we just kind of need to know where we are in space and nothing validates and reassures us of our current status more than going through turmoil and coming out the other side and then being able to assess how well did we do that? What were there areas for improvement? What did I do really, really well? And what could I have probably done a little differently? And I say that also by saying I'm not a fan of regrets because there are always, Learning opportunities out of things like that. So, not do it differently, and in, in the guise of regret. But what could I have done differently to to make it better, or to make me better, or to those around me better? You know, that's mm-hmm. what mistakes and experiences are all about. So, I wholeheartedly agree with you in that dog food buying experience of "Holy shit, I did this! I'm a badass!" You know? And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I you, think self
0: esteem you... comes from that. I mean, that's where self esteem. Yeah. Uh, is born is when you do yes. it yourself or self-confidence, yes. whichever one. Uh, I don't yeah. think you can give somebody self-confidence. I think they no. have to earn it. They have to figure it out themselves. And I can see Sophia starting to to her self-confidence is growing because she's starting to do them on her own. and yeah. She's starting to take action and she's starting to stand up for herself and when things don't go according to plan she's she's, like I said, taking action to make sure that She's being taken care of. And every time she does something like that, she gets a little more self-confident. And instead yeah. of coming to me and saying, hey, mom, what should I do? She's now coming to me and saying, hey, mom, this is what I did. Perfect. She's still yeah. looking for validation, but she's looking for it after she's already made the decision. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic. It's such a great thing to watch. Um, it It occurred to me while you were talking that I don't even know... If it's funny or <laughs> if it's sad, but I think that shelter in place was my coming of age moment. I think that,
1: that that's was so funny. That I, was actually like my... I do think that's funny. Is it that's not <laughs> sad. That's a, good, that's a good thing. It's not as
0: fancy or fun as a quinceañera, but it definitely showed me that in the time of a global crisis, I can, I can not only be okay, but thrive.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there aren't crowns, but we do put things on our heads. So I suppose that's close. It is. I just really,
0: it's, (laughs) yeah. Oh my gosh. When I go back to work, uh, I've heard rumors that we're going to have to wear face masks and face shields. And as a hairstylist, I don't even, it's so hard for me to comprehend being able to do what I do with a mask and a face shield. And I hope Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound really disrespectful towards the people who have to do this with even more protection on for 18 hours a day. But um, it's just going to be a huge learning curve. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to be okay just, with it.
1: It's just a transition. And I, I can say uh, from experience being in a bunch of contact precaution, um, personal protective equipment in the medical field, Uh, That is always your first thought. When you see someone else in that big gown or the mask or the face shield or whatever level of personal protective equipment, your first thought is, how am I going to navigate my surroundings? How am I going to do what I'm supposed to do with this stuff on? Um, And just like this pandemic itself, you, you figure it out. And you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised on the other side that you were as successful as you were.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to adult the hell out of it.
1: That's exactly (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we have, um, officially reached 30 minutes and I, as you know, I like to keep this podcast, um, short and sweet. And so, um, unless there's anything else that
1: you would like to share with us today, um, yeah, just quickly, yeah. um, in, in light of keeping your mental health um, in a good place or just providing yourself the space for it to not be okay, um, I have begun my volunteer training for Crisis Text Line. So for anyone who is in a crisis or in a moment where they need to be heard and they need a space to feel supported, uh, they can text HOME, H-O-M-E to the crisis text line at seven four one seven
0: four one. Thank you so much. I love yeah. that. Uh, yeah. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and so we're actually going to be doing a couple of episodes uh, in regards to mental health. Excuse me. It is hell, isn't it? Mental yeah, it can be. <laughs> yeah, mental health awareness and um, really sort of taking the shame out of it, um, making it okay to talk about and to feel things and Mm -hmm. that's a perfect segue to that so thank you so much for offering that and I hope that our listeners take advantage of it absolutely thank you so much Genevieve for um sitting with me today from across the country from across the country (laughs) yes if the sound quality is a little rough it's because we're phone to phone here And making do with what we got. That's right. Right. Exactly. Uh, the last time you were here, I just re-listened to that episode. The last time you were here, um, it was right at the beginning of shelter in place and everybody was sort of like, ah, it's no big deal. Right. Here we are 10 weeks later. Um, and it, it is absolutely a big deal. And we're on the phone. Yes, Yes, it is. We're not, we're not sneaking hair color or anything like that. So anyway, Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. I love you so much, Genevieve. And Thank you for having me. Of course, I appreciate you um, taking the time out of your day to join us on Let's Adult. It was my pleasure.